This is Purple Radio On Demand. Good afternoon. Apologies for our lateness. Um, pretty much points at Whitechurch take priority, of course. Zach, how are you doing? I'm good. I know how you're doing, because we recorded another Phantom episode last we night. We did, but it appears to have gone missing, but I, I think we might be able to find it. It might, might be able to be unearthed. We'll uh, hopefully manage to, to get that. Um, but more importantly, we have the return. We have the first uh, repeating guest. No, we've, the, had, we've had Pierre twice. I, uh, yeah, I apologise to Pierre. He came as the double. I guess this is two hours of solo time for the first time. Mm-hmm. His name is Diddy Bostock. One of our first episodes. Our f- uh, well, we, our first we, we officially. Our first official episode. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, you came on to talk about climate change. Well, thank you very much for having me back on. Of course. Uh, here, here to talk about a very different different topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you, uh, you happy to be back? I, I'm actually very pumped to be back. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's nice to be back here, actually. Yeah, our trajectory has been uh, stratospheric since she came on. Yeah. Uh, it must be, <laughs> it must be you. Um, so we've got you on today to effectively talk about your gap year, or should that be plural? Um, time, time off, you might say. Time off. Time off. Nice. Okay. Gap years. Um, specifically, we're looking to focus on Kyrgyzstan initially. Yeah, not to be confused with Kurdistan. Kurdistan. I apologise yeah. to the Kurdish people. Uh, we wrongfully yeah. uh, confused well, the two. Let's, today. let's not let's not say we in that. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, that was it. Was also Diddy's pronunciation. I thought he said Kurdistan. But um, so let's let's take you back. So when is this? When are you booking your flights? And why specifically Kyrgyzstan? Why are you going? So this is um, the year after I left school. I was bumming around at home. And I thought I'd, I'd quite like to do some travelling. I'd quite like to go and see see the world, but I don't I don't want to see anyone when I do it. I don't want to go with anyone. I just want to be completely on my own. You don't want to bump into another public school boy in Bogota. Sort of I don't want to bump into anyone. That was the exact thing. And I had a, I'd had a conversation with something like my choir master, and he said that he'd been on his summer holiday to Kyrgyzstan to go on uh, an an organised tour of this of this mountainous region and he came back raving about it i said that's actually quite a quite a cool place this is a few years before so i did some research into it and flights were pretty cheap so i thought why i may as well go for it mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. and uh, when you're when you're going because obviously you went from kyrgyzstan to kazakhstan and then uzbekistan were they all planned um as soon as you got the flights or was it a one-way ticket sort of thing it was flights in and out and i had no idea what i was going to do in that interim period okay okay and for how long is this? This is for two and a half, three months. Okay, okay, so quite a significant amount of time. By yourself, in this fairly unexplored region, people don't really know a lot about it. You know, people, we, we hear of our Southeast Asia's, the South America, Costa Rica, sometimes people branch out, but they might go to India or something. But I mean, going to Central Asia is not really heard of too often. It's a very niche um, gap here. So I, I, I looked at some stats for this. Or time like, off. Before I went, I looked how how many people from the UK go to Kyrgyzstan on on an annual basis. Right, do you want to guess the percentage? Zach? Okay, so from yeah. the UK, how many people percentage on an annual basis? Numbers? Just just as as an a, a number. It'll be in the hundreds. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, three fifty. I'm going to say ninety. I'll say three fifty. Ninety is maybe a bit low. Okay, well the figure I found was under a thousand. It was under a thousand. Oh, it was okay, something as vague as that. So I thought that would suit me pretty well. Under a thousand is not. I'm not going to bump into that many people. Okay, nice. Okay. okay and okay. did you did you bump into anyone? Um, 
Mm, no, I, there, there were a few people every now and then, but not... What, as in people that you knew? No, no, no. No, no, no one that I knew, no one that I knew. Okay, nice. Um, okay, walk us through. So, you get on the flight. So, I flew... I, I had been in India beforehand. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, got, I got a flight from Delhi to Istanbul to Bishkek, which is the capital of Kyrgyzstan, okay. which is effectively going... It's, you're doing two sides of a triangle. Climate, like, climate aware as always. Yeah, this is this is when this is back in the day when my awareness of climate change is not as uh, as good as it is now. Yeah, <clears throat> but I arrive in in Bishkek uh, at about seven seven thirty in the morning, and I get a taxi from the airport to my hostel that I'd managed to book somewhere on the internet. And I arrive. It's still pretty dark, and I sit down in the hostel and I look around. All the lights are off, and I'm just. Like what on earth am I doing? <laughs> so, and so, this is. I mean, uh, to play the cliche, this is like somewhere you've never been. Um, this you, is, are you already getting a culture shock on your first night? This is somewhere where I'm eight thousand miles away from the nearest person that I know. I don't know the the language at all. I don't understand the culture. And um, just, what is the language? Sorry. So the language is, is Kyrgyz. Okay. But also they speak Russian as well. Okay. So this is just to put it into into a bit of context. Kyrgyzstan is is part of the old Soviet Union yeah. and Russian Empire, so it borders the it borders China, Kazakhstan, um, Uz, Uz, Uzbekistan, and then I think to the south it's the be a Mongolian the the Tajiks Tajikistan okay Tajikistan yeah so it's it's a pretty central area. It's also the point nearest to it's about as far away from the sea that you can get at any point on Earth. Double yeah. landlocked. Double, one of them is double yeah, it's, landlocked. It's probably one of, one of the only two double landlocked countries in the world. Andorra, Levet, Andorra. Maybe I think it was in Southeast Asia, but I'm not okay. sure. Yeah, it's it's a double landlocked country. Yeah. Okay. No, I think you're right. There's a European one, perhaps. But yeah, double landlocked. As in, it's not only is it not on the sea, it's completely surrounded by landlocked countries. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. So um, once you've arrived, um, have you got any plans? first of how you're going to spend your time or is it you you're here now and you're kind of sat in your ho hostel room and you're thinking right what next well i had no plans i had i had a guidebook that was published in the early noughties late 90s and that was about the most up-to-date thing that i had okay and i thought i'd just bum around and just catch taxis everywhere mm. and just and and see the country a bit did you did you have work away at this point was this so this is i said on um on this workaway app which if you don't know is an app that you can go and work in places all all over the world um and you'll get from that you'll get free lodging and food so on this app i said that i'm coming to kyrgyzstan and i i left it at that and didn't think that anyone would really look at it so in the first week i got a message from this lady in southern kyrgyzstan saying oh, i've i've seen I, I see you're you're in our country do you want to come teach english at our school Crikey, right. our local english school i was like yeah maybe i do actually so I, I, I organized them, I, I, I got in, in, uh, in touch with them, and they said, taxi, ta catch a taxi down to Osh, and we'll meet you there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, up until this, and up until this point, you've not really been, you've just kind of been, I don't know, I was, rambling, wandering. I was, I was bumming around in, yeah. in Bishkek, which is a stunning city filled okay. with a, a, lots of culture. It's, it's the heart of the, of the uh, Kyrgyz country. And is, it, when we're saying taxis, are we talking couple of rupees is it where is rupees the currency so though? the currency is som kyrgyz som. som okay so it's about 10 som to 10 pence okay and what what were we saying really cheap taxis or pretty pretty cheap it's not it wasn't it wasn't anything that was going to break 
the break the bank at all. Okay, so you go down to Osh. Osh. So I catch very. I won one morning. I was I was quite ill at this point. As Someone's well. waiting had, there with a plaque on saying. I had. Boston. I know. I had like dengue fever at this point. Oh right. So so from India, this is from India. Fever. I was still pretty ill, so I woke up. How really, did you get dengue? Because dengue fever is pretty serious. Like <laughs> yeah, that can sort of kill you. No, it can't necessarily kill Make you. you really, I've heard stories of people like being just becoming allergic to like everything after they've got dengue it fever just, it, it can really fuck with your body it, it knocked me out it knocked yeah. me out big time so i i woke up one morning because i was still throwing up and just felt really ill and had a fever and thought i may as well just get a really early taxi so i walked this this taxi rank where effectively anyone who has a car can advertise themselves as a <laughs> as a taxi yeah yeah they stand there with a sign saying taxi to osh and you get you go and sit in the car you, you uh, pay your money and then you just wait for the car to fill up. They speak English or not really. I just say Osh, Osh, like oh yeah, get in. So that okay. was that was that that was quite fun. And the journey down to Osh from Bishkek was about fifteen hours along this this mountainous route. Wait, wait, hang on. You're on you're on a taxi. You're on a fifteen hour taxi. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen hour taxi oh, crammed in with other people. One five. So in the taxi, it's if you think about like a classic like Ford Fiesta type thing, maybe a bit bigger. I have to admit that I was thinking when they were going just nip down into a taxi to Osh, I'm thinking in Edinburgh to Glasgow. You're there in an hour, you know. It's it's a, they're pretty sketchy routes. It's just one road from from Bishkek. Surely to it's Osh. hot and sweaty and smelly and like. The... So in in my taxi there was me and the driver in the front. I got put in the front, oh, which okay. I was I was very grateful for. And really, then, front seat with a taxi driver is sometimes a bit of a weird one, though. To be fair, well, I'd rather I be front seat than crammed in on a fifteen-hour middle seat. Yeah, <laughs> and then, but like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't speak to him, but it was quite fun. And then in the back, you had three old ladies crammed up, and then in the boot, there were these two kids that just sat on top of the bag. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, one of these kids then threw up on my bag. <laughs> but that's a different story. So we, you, you go through this amazing sort of mountain sweeps up these very sketchy um, passes. Really? Where you think, oh, you're going right up in, <laughs> That's in, going the, in the uh, clouds. You're, you're going yeah, right up yeah. in, in the clouds. You then come down over this mountain range and you finally get to Osh. Wait, did you have a, Did you stay over anywhere in the duration of this period? Or was it literally... This is just straight driving. Really? The same bloke, just listen to Kyrgyz music. Do you get Kyrgyz a bit pop. of a... Um, a bit of a... Do you like coffee breaks or anything? Piss breaks? We, we stopped what, one or two times yeah. just for a, a, like, at a roadside cafe. Good scram? Just uh, really shit scram. Nice, oh. <laughs> nice like chai tea. Nice. I'm not, I'm not rushing back to the country for their food. Okay. They, they have some interesting food. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give them that. We can, we can, we can go into that later. There are some What's, interesting things. Yeah, we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that because I think you cooked me a bit of this food last year. No? Yeah, plov. plov it's, yeah, it's plov. a brilliant, brilliant. We'll dish. come on to plov. We'll come on to plov. Okay, so you have arrived in Osh. Now, obviously, you've just been, you've effectively gone on a slight win. Uh, someone has said, come down, I'll give you work. And you've arrived in this place. And, you know, what next? How are you going to find this person? So I arrive at 1am. Right. And I just get dumped on the street. Yeah, yeah. Stand me. And it's pitch black. And around me, there are loads of gangs of hooded men. You are not in Kansas I'm anymore. There, like, <laughs> wearing a pair of shorts and a massive rucksack. <laughs> and I look so out of place. 
And I'm like, oh. The hoodlums of Arsh. I really hope this guy is here. I'd got, I'd, they said someone would be there to meet you. I don't know how they knew where I was going to arrive in Arsh. It's a pretty big city. Yeah. Would there be like a standard Wait, place what, for the taxis said, to... Someone will meet you in Osh and yeah. you just got dropped off in a uh, random place. I thought, I was like, that sounds quite fun. May as well do it. Yeah. But that, there is someone to meet them, to to, uh, to meet me. This guy. Can... How did he know where your taxi was going to stop? Well, is there like a known I assume, place where I assume they there's like a known part of the road. Okay. So this person, I get this tap on the shoulder and he goes, are you Diddy? Jesus. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Thank the Lord. I'm I'm fine. Jesus. Um, so At 1am? Yeah, yeah. Oh my word. So I, I was quite easy to pick out. I mean, imagine if, if, what would you have done if, you know, there's no tap on the shoulder? I did think about this. You would have joined the hoodlums. I, <laughs> I probably <laughs> would have be just... there today. <laughs> I, I would have I got my hammock out and, like, find, found somewhere to sleep in a box. <laughs> hammock? Yeah. You just got the hammock out and lived with the crackers. Only yeah. the essentials. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Best anyway, thing to travel with is a hammock. It's a really it's a, good thing agreed, to travel Agreed, yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. The hammock's coated. Um, he then takes me to this uh, this house where I'm staying. Again, some random people spend an hour in the taxi going, turn this way and that. Eventually, mm-hmm. we get somewhere and I get some food because I was so hungry. Um, and we arrive, spend the night in this house, and then spend the next day going around Osh. What's the interior of the house saying? What is the, what is the, what is the general uh, aesthetic? So, Osh is the second biggest city in Kyrgyzstan. Okay. It's got a population of about 250,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's reasonably built up. They have they have sort of brick houses. Yeah. Some parts have running water. Some parts don't. Lots of cooking is still done outside though over fires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was I I slept on the floor, which was was nice. It was it was a pretty good sleep. Okay. Okay. But it it wasn't. I I didn't I didn't find it hard with uh, with with uh, with any of the uh, of the houses that I that I stayed in. Um, but Osh is very. It's um, Osh is the middle point of the Silk Road. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, so if okay, we're going nice. back into history, Osh is pretty much bang in the middle of Asia. So a huge, a huge, um, where a huge merchant basically yeah, through Rome. Exactly. So you're you're going from Europe and you stop on Osh in the middle and then carry on to Mongolia and China. And they've been there was a market there where they'd been trading for the past two thousand years nonstop. No Jesus, way. fair play. We went to this market and it was so average. Well, to some extent, I mean, like once the Silk Road ain't what it used to be. And, um, you know, they, I guess places are forgotten and kind of left I behind. Was, I was kind of thinking there'd be like big Roman ruins and big, yeah, big yeah. buildings, but it was just, it was, it was all, it was all quite, yeah, it was all forum. quite, quite, quite modern. Yeah, okay. So you wake up the next day. Now, you're anticipating, are you anticipating to start work straight away? I, I, I was just kind of following You're kind of going with the flow. They I was say just fair. taking it how it comes, taking okay. it how it comes. We, um, this guy was quite undiddy like. Uh, yeah, very quite unlike me. Yeah. yeah, I feel like maybe is that probably one of the reasons now you're quite disciplined. Meticulous. I love love a schedule. Okay. Love okay. a schedule. But so on this fine morning, you are schedulers. I uh, yeah exactly. I'm just I'm just going around the city of Osh, which is there's there, there's a bit to see, but not much. Um, and we then eventually get do go into another taxi where we go down to a different village. So we get another taxi for about three or four hours. And right, I'm okay. squished up between these four massive burly Kyrgyz blokes <laughs> in this Soviet era taxi being swung this way and that. Yeah, you wish we were in the front seat now. On yeah, yeah. Exactly. And we get we get down to this village called Borbash. Borbash. Which is where I was gonna go and stay and teach and teach English. No, so this is basically the people that you'd stayed with in Osh 
have the connection in Bolbash for you to stay and teach? Is it a relation or I think there what's was, the connection there? I was thinking there was some sort of relation. I couldn't speak to anyone though, so I didn't. I was you were kind of out of the loop. It was. I was just. I had Google Translate on my phone for Russian, mm -hmm. and that was it. Not not everyone spoke. Is, Russian. is there a slight apprehensiveness about speaking Russian? To you know, if you were to speak uh, Spanish, Spanish to someone from Barcelona, they might take offence. Uh, no, it's most of the most of the men in Kyrgyzstan speak Russian because they they'd gone to school, and that's what their school okay. systems were in. Very few of the women that I met spoke spoke Russian. Okay. So I could, and most people would speak to me in Russian. And could you differentiate between the two? And I did start to learn what the difference was. Okay, okay. But we arrive in, in Borbash, uh, and I'm taken on a tour of the village, which is a, it's a, it's a beautiful, small, small village. No, no, no running water. It's got, it's sort of put on this, on this grid system that they've got a massive, dike or dam up at the top of the of the uh, village that's on a hill mm -hmm. and they have channels coming down and that's how everyone gets their their fresh water yeah so everyone has a stream next to their house right. which is where you get your your drinking water. I believe you referenced that in your first episode maybe uh, I, when I, there was uh, no running water and you had to go to the stream every day yeah i think i i may have done actually yeah, yeah. Go, you should go and listen to the first episode yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay nice so you are teaching at this stage well, you begin teaching. Now, obviously, that's a pretty tricky situation when you're teaching a bunch of kids who effectively don't understand you, you don't understand them, and you're trying to, you know, t teach them your language. Yeah, I mean, I how do you navigate that? I hadn't taught before, and I was... The, so the first day, the, this teacher was like... There, there was a teacher there who was teaching them. It was their summer holiday, mm -hmm. but all the kids needed something to do, so they just went back to school. And I was given this class of about 18 kids, ranging from between seven and 12 years old mm -hmm. and I had three or four hours to teach them a day could you settle the class quite well they were super somewhat keen. in the boss blood we might <laughs> say yeah indeed, exactly. indeed. son of a teacher they were they were super super keen to learn and to listen yeah so I really enjoyed it doing like prepositions Simon says classic or a bit of the weather English food they lapped it up they absolutely lapped it up really? Simon nice. says nice okay so that was that was a really fun thing to do. But then, so I was there during Ramadan. Yeah. Okay. What is it? A Muslim country? Yeah. So it's it's a Muslim yeah. country, but there are. I was learning about I'd this have, the other day. I'd have, I, for some reason, I'd have kind of thought maybe Orthodox Christianity. You know, no, kind of very. You if you think about the Mughal Empire, so the yeah. the one of the Indian empires. The Mughal Empire. The Mughal okay. Empire's. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, his name was Bar was was Bar Barbur or something. Okay. He came. Mabur. He came from Osh. He was the first Mughal emperor. He came from Osh. And they are. That was a uh, a uh, Muslim empire. Okay. So it it is. It's a very Muslim part of the world. So I was there during Ramadan, and people did offer me food when I arrived. I have to say, just to bring in a quick anecdote, I read. Um, it's a really good book. I've recommended it to you before. The Rory Stewart's um, the places in between. Yeah. And walking across Afghanistan, he specifically references countless amounts of times when coming into a new house or a situation that it's like assumed that he's going to be treated well, he's going to be fed, yeah, he's going to yeah, be given yeah. this because it's like basically entrenched in these people's cultures of Islam. Yeah. When, when I was in um, when I was in Istanbul, I was speaking to this guy in our hostel who was saying you should come to Iran, blah blah blah, and he literally said like you can just get a flight to Iran and rock up, go to a bar and. 
people will just offer you places to stay. People, people are take you so in, incredibly you friendly. Similar so thing with friendly. Israel, I think. It's okay. like, yeah, exactly. So, and this kind of seems like what happened to you. So, did they just take? Well, you on in? on the first day I rocked up, so getting this taxi from Osh down to uh, to yeah. the village, I get taken to this first house and sat down on the. They they all sit. They sit on um raised platforms to eat. Mm -hmm. So you're you're sitting down cross-legged, but on a raised platform. Yeah. Taking this house, and I was given soup and uh, fruit and, and sweets. And I ate it. I was like, oh, I'm pretty full now. I then got taken to someone else's house. Yeah. I was given fruit and veg and soup and I had to eat it. And I got, I eventually got taken to my host's house and they gave me the yeah, exact yeah, same yeah. thing. Was it nice, just, nice soup? It was, it was good soup. It was kind of but like. By a, the third helping you a bit. Anyway. I was, yeah, I, so, I was just so, yeah. so, so full. Yeah. What sort of um, soup was it? It was sort of a very, very fatty, brothy soup. Yep. Okay. That was quite nice. So very, very warming. Wholesome. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wholesome, soul warming food. Yeah. Okay. And that, I, I did, I, there were parts where I did enjoy the food and the parts where there was some pretty dodgy food okay. that yeah. I didn't enjoy. Okay, so you're teaching, is this the, this isn't the tribal village that you were in at this point, is it? Or This is, is effectively of... the village. There's a mixture okay. of, everyone lives in a mixture of mud houses and yeah. a few sort of brick buildings every, every now and then. Sort of like a... a... A village hall type thing is there and sort of yeah okay and what what what's the sort of the structure of this tribe is there sort of a leader or is it sort of a, a community what how does the community work is there an well, elder of the the village or so it's it was quite it was a reasonably large village yeah what it, we what we're we talking numbers wise couple hundred people no maybe up to a thousand or so okay, okay. A thousand people but that's that's a stab in the dark i honestly couldn't yeah, fine, fine, fine. couldn't couldn't really really uh, really tell you but there were there were definitely people that i met were who were higher up as in the village doctor for example or the so like the, status plays a big role yeah i think so there, there's definitely a role of your status i don't think there was a sort of the a guy that's at the top of the village mm. but i'm not actually too sure I would have to okay. go back and speak to them in Russian or their local language. I yeah, can see there being yeah, a kind of, of council, hierarchical yeah, council sure. sort of thing. Well, yeah. I don't really see how you can... This is like a communist... Yeah, or authoritarianism, libertarianism. You can't really have like a... Any sort of structured society no. without some form of leadership, I think. Maybe yeah. that's quite a controversial so thing nah, to mate, say mate, on the podcast. Animal farm. You know? if, I, exactly, so exactly. If, I, if I go back to Ramadan and we start to look at... Uh, the I was there at the at, at the end of Ramadan, so the feast of Eid. Oh, yeah. that's big, yeah. Huge. Which is which is a big Eid Mubarak. And are you getting? Uh, there's lots of presents being gifted on Eid and stuff like jib, that. You kind of jib the feast. You miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I miss. I miss, I miss all, all, the, all the hard work. I miss all the hard work. Wait, so get there for the party. whilst you're here during Ramadan, you're having to get up in the in the um in the early hours to to eat, right? Are they waking you up? So or? I'd have I'd have breakfast with them oh, yeah. and and an evening meal with them, which is at, obviously when it's dark, which is at their sort of times. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think when I was there, it was about eight thirty. Was the supper time? Okay. okay. And they 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 would stare at their watches and then just stuff themselves with food because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were so hungry. It's a it's a tough thing to do. I mean, you can't even drink water. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what? so challenging. No. no water. No water. No water no in the day. And like some of these countries, it even gets... with young children. So the, there was a girl that I was staying Surely with. babies. Like you're not. She was she was ten. Baby. So a girl ten. She was fully taking part in Ramadan. Yeah. What about like uh... I don't know. I think once you're competent enough, they um they just assume that you should do it. Yeah. And enough. once you feel like strong enough in yourself. To be fair, when I remember, obviously, I went to quite an Islamic. It was a Christian school, but there were it was a multi-faith school, and there were lots of Muslims in my class. And they, there were a couple of them, I think, that fasted, but most of them 
when we were sort of like nine, ten, eleven, weren't allowed to fast because it was seen as like really unhealthy yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Their parents wouldn't let them fast. I think it was like when you got to sixteen or seventeen, you're allowed to start fasting. So yeah, it's quite interesting. So the but the 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 feast of Eid happens at the end of Ramadan, mm -hmm. and it's a big thing. And I I didn't know it was the feast of Eid. So one night uh, after we'd had our evening meal, one of the guys I was living with asked me over the phone, "Can you can <clears> you drive?" I was like, yeah, I can, I can drive. He throws me the keys to his car. He says, hop in. So he then, he then, we then get to this. Um, Why wasn't this, he driving? Because he thought it'd be fun to let the guest drive. Okay. <laughs> so down these sort of dirt ro roads, quite, quite, quite late at night, and he couldn't really speak to me, so he's trying to pointing out like where, where we're going. Quite fun. And we arrive at this luminescent house with like sodium lights, very eerie yellow. Yeah, well, just lights. in the middle of nowhere, this random sort of neon just, gaff. Yeah, it was it, right. it was a bit weird. I didn't know what it was. Turns out it was a bathhouse. Okay. Um, so we we go in, we pay our five som to go and wash, and we open the change room door, and just loads of naked Kyrgyz men. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they all turn around, and just look at me, and be like, "Oh." Was well, it a bit like a hammam type thing, or is it a bit less? You're not really getting like treatments and stuff. You're no, no, it's literally sort of... just just a a bathhouse because no no one no one has a has a bath that that's where they wash. You wash in the local bathhouse. Are you feeling quite emasculated by these big <laughs> Kyrgyz boys? Big 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 Kyrgyz men. Big Kyrgyz men. I, I go around and I shake all their hands. They're all in various stages of undress, and so I. Oh, I, so some are literally some are birthday stark, suit, stark bottom boom. naked. Yeah, yeah. Hello, I'm um, Diddy. Nice to meet you. Yeah, great. So that was brilliant. So I I obviously joined in joined in okay and if you've never been to bathhouse they are so much fun yeah they're just they're just good crack you go into the sauna bit of like i scratch uh, your back you you scratch uh, mine uh, this is a bit too okay. much flesh for this, me by the yeah. you just think where you get a towel and you like whip each other on the back with a towel right and then we might need another half hour to unpack the bathhouse yeah. <laughs> i mean you, you seem then... to have acclimatized to the bathhouse culture well, pretty so, damn quickly but yeah it's a brilliant culture you then sit down and have some chai and you go in the plunge pool so t can you just did you whip anyone with the towel uh, no i didn't whip what's, anyone what's, but were you whipped yeah what's the logic behind <laughs> what's the logic behind the whipping because so you're in the sauna and you, you get slapped usually <laughs> in russia they do it with um with leaves Okay. But in case they had this like like local rag, it was just the the rag, <laughs> the, that you, rag. the rag, you hand around, around and then they slap you on the back to help open your pores. Did it feel nice? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, it wasn't that amazing. Going to the punch pool was quite good. Fun. And everyone is just stark bollock naked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit of a bit of challenge. Yeah. So coming out coming out the punch pool is a bit war. Get me get me back in the sauna ASAP. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you go you go in the chai room. And that was really fun. So that that was that happened. That was about two hour, two and a half hours in the in in the bathhouse. Yeah. We then go home. The next morning, I get woken up super early, and this bloke like poking me, mm. going, "Did you? Did you wake up? Wake up!" I'm like, "Oh my days! Can I just go to bed, please? I'm yeah, so tired." Yeah, yeah. And he says, "Come with me. Come with me." Sounds, sounds a bit like you with, uh, with my wake up call. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No cup of Wait, coffee. This there. isn't the kidnapping, is it? No, no, no. This is this is so. This is the feast of Eden. Now, this is the no, feast of Eden. Oh, Eat. huge! So I hadn't realised this, but he was like, "Come with me." So he he took me to his house. His like ten year old brother was driving this car. By God, and I was like, mm, "Interesting. I'm not really sure if you can drive." But he takes me to this house, and I'm sat down on the platform with. I assume the village elders of the uh, of the of that area. So there's the uh, the doctor, the the vet, 
and a few other random were you, were you men. These your homies now? Had you met them in the bathhouse? No, uh, I'd met a few of them. A few of them. Were, you, were them. you kind of the guest of honour, you might say? Yeah. So were I they was, treating you well? Yeah, treat, being treated very well. I was very much that, that honoured guest, and they gave me like one of their local Kyrgyz hats. And then, so this is a 9am, they brought out a big bowl of soup for me. Because they probably don't get um, like foreign visitors very often. Not, not many foreign visitors at all. No. Okay. Not many. But they brought back about a big bowl of soup for me, which I ate because it's good to do. And I thought, great, I've done, I've done my bit. I can yeah. stop eating. I felt Granny's sick. kitchen. That's yeah, the rules. Exactly. Yeah. I was, I was, I was sick. I just felt so ill. And then they brought out plov for me. So if we go into plov, plov, plov. is, plov <laughs> is just, it's a, it's a great sounds, dish. Sounds very appealing, doesn't it's it? A, plov. <laughs> It's kind of like you might call it an Asian paella, in that you've got you've got onions, garlic, mm. rice, and then lots of usually horse meat. Um, possibly, horse meat. Horse meat, really, really lovely meat. Possibly mixed in with a bit of lamb. Okay. And you cook it for sort of four or five hours. Yeah. And it makes this really, really tasty dish. Yeah, I bet. Well, you, you've cooked how it similar does horse meat taste to beef? Horse meat. Mm. I mean, because Tasker managed to pull that one. Yeah, didn't yeah. It's it's a bit tougher to beef. Okay. It wasn't as tasty, but it's it's a decent meat. It's a decent meat. Well, I imagine it's it's not like a prime stallion. It's probably the old knackered one, which can't even yeah, walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they they uh, give me plov, and I'm at this point, I'm uh, my stomach is fit to burst. Yeah. I am stuffed. So I ask where the loo is, and it's just like it's just an 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 outhouse and in this field. So I I uh, run there, and as I'm leaving, the guy says, "Beware of the snakes." <laughs> so I, I I run off and go and throw up, and then come back, and then he says, "If you don't eat, you will disrespect my family." Now uh, this is well, a good thing you had the wee TC. I guess. Real real kicking the teeth, but. I get. What I was, was he being like serious? No, he was like he, all laughing, said, he, "Eat." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, very much like that. Very much like that. Like really? super, super serious. And I felt horrendous, so I, I cracked on. I just, I, you when you're, you know, it's when you're like eating, the, it's like the, um, the Matilda cake. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. <sighs> it's exactly like that. I just felt horrendous. Finally, the bit with the blokes was over, and then I get, I get taken through, through this, uh, this house into a different room. Where this old lady is sitting, the uh, the grandmother, she's there with this this carpet filled with sweets and colourful bits of fruit and lovely cushions and carpets, and I go and sit down with her, and then at the doorway, about sixteen or so people come and like look at me. Just before these people come in, do you have any anticipation about what's about to happen, and you just like what is going on? I I was just being taken. I you think it's being... just like a customary sort of thing? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Okay. This so, is like one of the elder women of the tribe, you might yeah, say. Just, okay. She was dressed in her... A little wink and a nod, sit down, yeah, come all and, of a sudden. Come and say hi. So she says, oh, well, th thank you very much for coming. So I was speaking through one of the guys in the village that could speak English. He spoke mm -hmm. very broken English. Mm -hmm. So she, she asked me something like, uh, how, how old are you? I'm, I'm 19 years old. The guy so, replies, 21. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was like, cool. And then she asked me... Um, oh, you were you were you were a very handsome guy, and I was like, oh, thanks, that's very that's a, that's Where very kind. Going? And then she goes for like you know she she goes to stab. Are you married? Now I thought this is a bit of a weird question to ask. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. I'm At this like, stage, do you think she's moving on you? <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite, quite possibly. Uh -huh. But she she then asks like, are you married? And why is like, oh, that's a bit weird. I was like, no, surely I'm a bit young to be married. Yeah. She clicks her fingers and like her grandchildren just come and 
all, all her female grandchildren come and stand out in in front of me in a line right okay she goes oh well do you want to pick a wife i was like oh <laughs> a bit blown away what what do you answer to that type of thing mm, that one yeah, there yeah. were some gorgeous <laughs> gorgeous girls really? there. Okay, gorgeous okay. girls but no so just what, so all joking around once again and then go no, <laughs> yeah exactly right pick just to contextualize this this guy you're disrespecting him if you don't eat the plov yeah, yeah my I, god I, if you don't take one of his daughters to be your wife that no, is the she, ultimate it was, it was one of these guys it was the guy's sister oh my okay so if, if all else fails at Durham, like, I'm quite happy to go back to Kyrgyzstan and, and give it a crack. And what, what was the idea? That you stayed there and married them or that you brought them back to the UK? So I think, I think the idea was that they wanted a Westerner to take one of their girls back to the UK to have a, to have a better life. So they, they very much viewed people from, from Europe having these a very very different lives to what they have that's better than theirs mm -hmm, okay. so i think that was that was the, the the whole sort of point to it okay and i i think i just i tried to laugh it off you don't think there's an element of this yeah, being how did you get out of, this of being like they're being customary to you rather than you're being customary to the granddaughters if that makes sense yeah would there be an element of this is like a you know this is dessert you know uh i, I, I guess it's hard to say it's yeah such a, it's such a niche dessert. thing to the sense that he's had a meal He's he's gone through all this of, he's, he's gone through all of these all of cancel, these kind of cancel, cancel, cancel. customary sort of things and you know to what extent would this have happened if now. you came into Kyrgyzstan yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know anyone else is yeah, this exactly. like a, I mean the click of the fingers and the people proceeding seems like this has been practiced before that's what I'm getting at yeah yeah, yeah quite quite uh, quite possibly but I I said no to a wife I said no to a wife <laughs> okay and that that was it's a really fun way how to did spend. you broach that. I actually, I, I couldn't tell you. Very admirable. Of There's you. another woman in Rutland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you I actually, said, I, have a I actually have a girlfriend at home. Yeah, okay. Pro probably, yeah, probably something like that. And so that, that was how I spent the feast of Eid, which was, yeah, it was great. It was really good fun. Did they look pretty, uh, you know, downhearted when you rejected them, the guys? Uh, they quite, kind of all just ran off again. Okay. They, it was very, very separated between the men and the women. Okay. All of the girls, they didn't, they didn't, they kind of would peep. To look at me from behind a door when I was walking around the house, really, which I thought was a bit odd. Yeah. And then they eventually came out and sh and, sh and showed themselves when the when the, when the grandmother um, clicked her fingers. Okay. Um. So they were they were a really really lovely lovely family. I mean, right. So that is a, a, the first interesting anecdote for sure. I mean, a, an effective marriage proposal. Yeah. Um. Now, I think because. We want to try and cram it as much as possible. I want to know about the dairy farm kidnapping esque story. If you could, uh, if you could get onto that. So yeah, again, I, I, they, they were in the habit of waking me up very early and saying, "Get in the car." <laughs> this is this. This happened on a number of times. So one morning, I was woken up about six a.m. and they said, "Come with me. Get in the car." Mm -hmm. Again, I had no idea where I was going. So I got used to packing a bag. I packed a bag with, you know, a few clothes. and a, This time you bring an engagement ring. Yeah. <laughs> some water, some water. Yeah. And they take me, and it turns out they're moving their cows from their winter pastures to their summer pastures. Okay. Which is a massive part of Kyrgyz culture in that everyone has their own veg patch and their own goats and, and cows. And um, this movement, we're talking like miles. It's like a lengthy process or... So, Back in the day, they they would have moved with their with their cows to new pastures. Now it's all quite different because they're very set in their in their village life. 
So we we loaded up these cows onto a minivan, right. which is as in just a, an How average. How many cows are you fitting on your minivan? This is like three cows in the back of a pickup truck. Right. Okay. Which is that's quite a squish. Yeah. And we eventually start going down these these roads that they wind and wind and wind, and they go into um, deep deep into these valleys, which are effectively start they're the start of the Himalayas. Okay. So right, if you imagine okay. southern Kyrgyzstan, then you've got sort of so I mean a pretty majestic backdrop. You're going down, and then eventually you will reach the Himalayas. Okay, this sounds so, insane. Yeah. Some some stunning, stunning mountains. Um, and the the roads just get sketchier and sketchier and sketchier. It it had been raining quite a lot, and eventually we start to climb our way up through these mountain passes, and the wheels just keep on turning and turning and turning, and you get stuck in the mud quite a lot. And there are quite a few cliffs at this point. Mm. And for m most of my time in, Kaz in, in Kyrgyzstan, I had pretty good phone signal. There was like decent 4G, really good 4G, which I was shocked by. So I was, I was Even able. For the Android. I was able, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was able to keep in touch with my parents. On this occasion, I hadn't told my parents where I was going, and there was no signal. Yeah. So at this point, where eventually there's we come to a stage where the wheels of our of our car. Are slipping off down this cliff that goes down to this river about 50 meters below. Okay. I thought I'm going to die. It's like, what what happens? What happens when a Brit abroad dies in a very rural part of the country and just goes, gets lost? How does I mean, the... you do have food. To be fair, you got three cows in the back. Yeah. No, if I fall, if I fall to my death, if I fall to my death. And then his parents are just like Beavis just went to Kazakhstan and never came back. He got married and didn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I if if I fall to my death, <laughs> if I fall to my death, what what does the Foreign Office do? Yeah. So that, this is something that really crossed my mind. Fortunately, what does the foreign office. <laughs> Man, it's, it's a valid point. It's, it's it's what what would the family point. think? Oh yeah, I was like, how? When does someone know that I've died? Also, would people even be going down to retrieve a calf? Like, well, it's a pretty rural yeah, area. Yeah, There's yeah. not much going on. But it, it was fine. It was happy days. I didn't die in the end, and we managed mm -hmm. to get to the summer pastures. It was about 30 k away away up these mountains from from where I started. And this is proper, proper rural village life. These are people living in mud huts with a fire inside, and that's it. That's their way of life. They just have cows. So these uh, these farmers that I stayed with, they had five, six, seven, eight cows. Mm -hmm. They'd keep the calves next to their house and leave the, the mother cows to, to, to roam free during the day. And to picture the scene, it's kind of, it's kind of like the Swiss Alps. That's okay. the way I put it. It's it's a very um, snowy kind of stuff. There is still the so this is this is in May time. Okay. So there's snow still on the peaks of the mountains, but yeah. a bit further down, it's very lush green valleys. Yeah, I bet. And it's it's stunning. It's stunning, stunning landscape that's pristine yeah, and, that's and barely barely touched by by uh, by man. It's it's, just, it's so rural. Let's see the valley. We're just. I was just looking up. Uh, I was thinking about the cows getting jacked by some sort of oh, like yeah, links. Nice. Oh, links is decent. So this is links. this is an area of where where snow leopards used snow leopards. used yeah, to yeah, yeah. imagine seeing oh, snow used to them now extinct. So not they're, no, they're, they're not extinct. Their well, numbers in, well not extinct, but gone from that their area. Their numbers sorry. are starting to dwindle. So very very rural. So they used to let the cows roam during the day, and then the mothers would come back uh, at night and in the morning to be to be milked. Yeah. So this, these people's lifestyle would just to uh, wake up at 4 a.m., milk the cows, and then milk them in the evening. And it's a very, it's a very relaxed and slow-paced lifestyle. Yeah. 
people that there's within the village everyone had their horse and they just come and ride up to someone's house and just see what's going on yeah they heard oh there's a there's an english white guy in the village so everyone like came came to see me yeah and that was really really nice so i spent a few days staying with them just just chilling really walking up the mountains looking at all the streams uh milking the cows in the morning and the evening so at this stage they've effectively offloaded you to just milk the cows to the, which are just i don't know for what like are they thinking that for your own personal sake you're going to want to go and see these places I, I think they just they they wanted to to show me their culture yeah okay and milking cows is actually really good fun mm. it's a really fun thing to do quite tough on the rest these this this uh, this man and the wife had the most enormous forearms you've ever seen uh-huh. like um Popeye, it's, it's like it's that kind of thing but yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. real life. Popeye, really. The most enormous. What, arms. Just from milking cows. Yeah, that's for days. that's what they do. Bear and, spinach as well. Yeah, exactly. spinach and cow milk. So they then we. I spent the night sort of sleeping in this in this hut with them in their family. We just slept like line in in lines. So there were two small kids. It was me and these this husband and wife, and then a grandfather, I think, and with a. Um, with a a central furnace and it was freezing they had, this house is that you had plastic for windows plastic sheeting for windows hmm. and i remember lying in bed in this in this hut at about four or five a.m and this this kid was really ill when you say bed i mean well just lying on the floor yeah um this this kid was just really ill and was and was up all night and the parents are trying to like calm it because she was crying and lying in bed and seeing this is just so different to my life at home yeah yeah this is just so far from anything that i've come from yeah. and it really makes you think about the lives that we live here we are privileged privileged people yeah and that's something that shouldn't be taken for granted for sure yeah so that was a really it was a really really good lesson to learn that i am so lucky to be where i am now it also seems like it's not like there uh there's in a sense the way you've described it is that it, like everything that is necessary is there and there's no want of like added luxury or, or for just the sake of it. Yeah, do you think when there's you no say problem. you felt like we were we're privileged compared to them, do you think it was genuinely a situation where they would kind of trade their position, what they have for what we have? Or do you think it's just that you, like were, were they happy? Did they seem they were like, they were a happy did they people. seem fulfilled? They were a happy, happy people. And so it's arguably, you know, it's like, almost a kind of life that I do. I do kind of um, envy because mm-hmm. It's it's so it's so simple and they have they have all they focus on is getting the pastoral is, life. Yeah, exactly. It's very much for me. It's very much for me. It's definitely not for everyone. Yeah. But they just made cheese. Kyrgyz cheese is <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. It's oh, absolutely really? foreign. It's called something like like kur like kurtuz. So c c c u r t u z. And if you think about cheese, so you, you separate the milk from the whey. Yeah. Um. They look like Tunnock's tea cake snowballs from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're, they're like small like um, snowballs. So you, you get these uh, milk fats and then you leave them to dry out in the sun and mix it with salt. And they're sold in these in these ball-type uh, things. And what, why are they not very nice? Just... And you bite into them and it's, it's powder. It turns to powder in your mouth and sucks all of the moisture from your mouth. <laughs> and you just want to throw up. They are the yeah, most yeah. horrible, horrible thing. So that's what you do with the milk. And then they also uh, drank lots of mare's milk, so horse's milk. Okay. Uh, that was the, the, the national drink of Kyrgyzstan. It's called kumis, which is, which is me, me, mare's milk. It's mare's milk that you leave for about six months or so and just leave it in a sealed pot. Right. And it's, 
Again, it's, it's disgusting. It's I mean, so... I, uh, the nutritional value of that is not to be underestimated, for sure. But it's got, it's got like, little black blobs of fat, like, floating oh, in it. Jesus. And the best way, it kind of tastes like, imagine taking semi-skimmed milk, throwing loads of ash from a burnt fire in it, and then smoking it. That's the best way. <laughs> that's what it tastes like. Right, okay. Uh, okay. Smoked milk. Yeah, like, smoked milk that's just quite kind of gone off. Okay, okay. Nice. It's just grim. It's not very nice. So I spent three, four days with these farmers and eventually someone said there was a car coming for me to pick me up. What, did you, had you just been left there at this point? Yeah. And you were like, uh... <laughs> what do I do? Mate, imagine um, if you just got left there forever. Yeah. Just well, that possibility enter your head at all. That's what I thought, because this car wasn't coming at all. This car wasn't coming. So were you, were you kind of just... So, what, what would you have done if you had... Let's say you just... It got to like a week, a week and a half, two weeks, and then you're a bit like... Uh, well, this... Would you have had to walk to the nearest sort of... Did there, any of them have cars? Or? This car didn't come and no one had cars. Everyone had horses up there. No one had cars. And we waited and waited and waited with, with this bloke. And we thought the car's not coming, and I was I was pretty desperate to go go back to the um, the village. Um, in the end, we had to walk back to the village, um, and so that was a really fun story. We uh, we got back and uh, spent the night at home where where I had been staying, and the next day we went to this big sort of like restaurant. Um, I was, but I was, I was, I was popped in the car and taken to this to this random random restaurant in town, mm-hmm. and it was empty. And I thought, why why am I here? Um, and it turns out I was there to go and play with the village band. Right. So you'd you'd been kind of bragging about your musical talent. A word had somehow got out that I played music. Oh, I wonder uh, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just going around dropping street asylum vinyls yeah, on yeah. every pop. <laughs> Everywhere. Go and listen to street asylum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They were working out I was doing music and I was um the, the village band was super keen to uh, play with me. So we got up on stage and we played some like Beatles, some ABBA and they really? were they were really good what at music. Beatles tunes? What were you playing? I was on the piano and then they had like a drummer and a bassist or something. Um and the mics I was on like, I was you. on I was on vocals. We played I can't remember we, we probably some like early Beatles stuff. Okay, so like the rocky sort of stuff. I want to hold your hand, maybe. I don't know. Something, something like that. Some, some, some well. No, it was yesterday. That was it. Yesterday. Ah, nice. Okay. Okay. And do they like your British kind of yeah, voice? Yeah, lapped it up. I actually lapped it up. <laughs> well, it sounds quite like similar to McCartney for them. Do you know what I mean? Because like in the same way, we would struggle to probably distinguish two like s- yeah, yeah, singers yeah. from Coastland. Yeah. Just... But the um, the guy, the guy, then he, he, we were playing with, he ran off all of a sudden, and he came back with a photo album. And it was about his time in the uh, USSR Navy. Jeez. And he had pictures from his tour going to, to Algeria and Cuba. One of the musicians, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he came back and showed me all these pictures from his, from his tour in, in, of, of service. And he took a picture of like a US Navy uh, bomber flying overhead. And he was so, so happy with that. Oh, these are, these are people from the US. Mm. He was so happy about it. And I thought that was that. I had a really nice time with them. Went, went back to the place I was staying. <coughs> but we then went there the next day. Uh, but it was it was quite busy. I sat down. I was like, "Oh, there's obviously something going on." Sat down, was given kumis, which I had to drink, and and these cheese balls, which I ploughed through. Yeah, horrible though. And I thought, I'm kind of confused. There's there's a there's a wedding going on here. There's some sort of Kyrgyz wedding, and I don't get why I'm here. I'm I'm sat I'm sitting by myself, trying to just look at what's going on. 
and the guy the guy that I'd play with the night before gets up on stage. I thought, great, it's gonna be, he's going to play some music. He then points at me and says, "Did you? Did you come up here?" <laughs> I okay. This is where I'm, I get I get I get a bit confused. So I go up on stage and he hands me the mic and he says, "Abba, Abba." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> so I get my the lyrics on the phone. And, he's, and he starts playing, and I get up on stage and go, what's up, Ball Bash? What's going on? Everyone's like, who is this kid? <laughs> Nothing from the audience. Nothing from the audience. And we sing Money, Money, Money at this Kyrgyz wedding, and it was a disaster. Really? But it was quite fun to say that I played at a Kyrgyz wedding. Really? Nice. Why, why didn't it... Was it did not have the same sort of vibe as the rehearsals, or... Uh, I, d I don't think they crowd knew. crowd weren't really taken to it? I don't think the crowd really knew ABBA at all. It hasn't really reach that sort of area kids mate go back and you'll never know they'll be chanting voulez-vous yeah, all night yeah. long <laughs> so it was a really fun thing to go and do to go and play at this this wedding but yeah it was it, it was it was odd it was a very odd thing to do fair play well beavis i mean those are your three story. killer anecdotes um yeah, nice. they would rival anyone's uh time abroad over a, a lifetime i think yeah um for sure. any reflections on that thing makes me want to go to Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich, rich in history. Rich in history. Definitely worth a visit. Yeah. We didn't touch... Well, I want to hit the Himalayas, so I can't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. really cool. We didn't touch Kazakhstan or Uzbekistan, so... Uh, that's that, that's a whole other podcast. In third time, if we're uh, struggling again, we might yeah, have to yeah. get back on. Um, but <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, it's been cheers, uh, cheers. super enjoyable. Have you enjoyed your return to the brew? Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be back. Great to be back. The disc, yeah. the strikes back. It was great to have you. Um, All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers, guys. We'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah, next Maybe Wednesday. a bit before. We might have another episode released before then, but um, if not, we'll see you next Wednesday. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get something good for you guys. All right. Bye. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.